All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is the Polymath Experience, and I am Polymath. Today, I welcome a dear friend of mine. She's a people energizer. She's an inspirer. Uh, she's a force of nature, and you probably know her as this uh, boss woman who's worked with great brands, with great people, spoken on great stages. If you're in Web3 and you don't know about her yet, you're in the wrong Web3, my friend. She ranks very highly in my list of the queens of CT, Winnie. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here. Everything. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. All right, let's get going. It's awesome because I know you, but I don't really know you. Who who were you before you were Winnie? So yeah, Winnie is kind of a persona that I put on to make myself less scared of being the person that I wanted to be. So I've been in crypto coming up to about six years now, but only I was passive, very passive for the first three. So before that I was, yeah, so I guess this kind of comes into the journey of how I got here. I got into crypto in 2017 when I was an unpaid fashion intern living in New York. <laughs> and a lot of my friends just made a bunch of money that December or whatever it was, or January. And I was like, this is really cool. I make no money because I'm an unpaid intern. Let's see if I can see, let's see if I can do something with this. And I really just fell in love with it. And the tech, I really wanted to kind of understand the technology underneath it. And as I was falling out of love with the fashion industry, I started to fall in love with blockchain. And I was trying to see if how I could take this technology and these ideas and put it into the fashion industry to see if we could fix everything that I just saw was wrong with it. So from like supply chain to sampling to just, just so many issues. And so I went back to uni for my final year of my undergrad and I wrote my paper on the relationship of blockchain and fashion back in 2019. And my professor pretty much was like, I can see you're really enthusiastic about this, but this is the stupidest thing I've ever read. I think I got about 42% in that paper. And I always, I, yeah, I always say that I'm really fueled by spite. So this, her saying that this is stupid pretty much just spurred me on to dedicating my entire <laughs> life to proving her wrong. Mm. So that was four years ago. Yeah, so I went fully into Web3 in probably about 2020 as I was finishing my master's. So yeah, I then went on to do my master's in business and computer science just to kind of move away mm. from fashion and go into the more tech side of things. So I was in like trad te tech for a while, like prop tech, building apps and seeing how I could bring blockchain into that. But then I moved to France, which has just been a huge facilitator for pushing me more into, into the crypto space. So I moved here in 2020 and yeah, went fully, fully into crypto then. And I founded, co-founded a company called Shiller.xyz back in 2021 during the bull market with some of the most incredible guys I've ever known, some of the most hard workers and intelligent people and just they just had such a great understanding of the space and it really was such an honor to like grow myself in the space alongside people like Fungible and Bernardo. They are just mm. incredible, incredible leaders in this space. Uh, while I was there alongside that, I was a co-curator at a gallery in Prague called Crypto Portal, which was just an amazing way to give back during this time to, to artists to, you know, be able to show their work on the other side of the world for most of them and not have to deal with, you know, travel fees uh, like tra like transportation fees and customs and all of that just being like hey you want your art to be in a gallery tomorrow cool 
send me the IPFS and we can get it up straight away, which was, it was just phenomenal. And then, yeah, following that, I was working alongside Jess Wiseman, who's an incredible artist, uh, helping her build out her project. And yeah, I left that a couple of months ago because, you know, the, the market is how it is. And then, yeah, I guess that's more of the more of what I've done instead of less of the who Winnie is. But it's okay. We get, well, we're going to back up. We're going to back up. We're going to unpack. We're here for a while. So no, no sweat. Do you, do you remember like when you were uh, between fashion and the blockchain, do you remember that moment where you were like, aha, like this is the future. And do you, do you remember what, what triggered it? So the thing that really pushed it for me was, so I was like super interested in it back in, so like 2017, 2018, but it was 2019. That was just like the, Holy shit, this is everything. I was I was a boots on the ground researcher at London Fashion Week for this writer, like mostly on like sustainability, because that was the main reason that I wanted to use blockchain for I was super into that I still am, but like very passionate about it in my in my early 20s. And I went to a talk by Brooke Roberts Islam, Megan McDonald, and the Fabricant. So this was back when the Fabricant was two employees back in 2019, and they did a talk about digital fashion. They were just about to sell the first digital piece of clothing, and I just sat and watched this talk, and I was just in awe. And I was like, this is, this makes everything that I've been trying to find, companies I've been trying to find, this is it. This makes so much sense. And I love it because I still have the DM that I sent them back in 2020, uh, 2019 in February being like, are you guys hired? Do you have internships available? I want to come work for you guys. This is just everything. This is no one at my uni has done anything like this. This is what I want to do. And now to be friends with the team and to just see everything that they've done over the last four, couple of years, four years, it's just been an honor to be for them, for me to have them as my. For them to have me too. You can, th I'll, I'll say it for you. <laughs> for them to just be the light that led me through into this, into this metaverse. So yeah, that's, I would say it's them. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. It's really cool to see like people having good mentors, mm -hmm. people who they can look up to, who can, who can transmit that to them. Man, I, I wish everyone had that because it would make things a lot easier because it's, it's, it's a very appealing industry for a lot of people. We'll, we all see the appeal sometimes for the wrong reasons, but it's, it's really hard to Yeah, to navigate. Oh, for sure. I think I'm incredibly lucky with my mentorship. And I have some, especially surrounded by such incredible women as well, you know, that have really been able to, to guide me through the last few years. I mean, like trying to start, if I like, oh yeah, starting companies and having women a few years older than me who have been through it, just mm -hmm. being so willing with their time. So, and I, yeah, I do wish other, other people did have this, but I'm so grateful for it. Man, I'm a bit jealous because... I know there's probably some weird sides to being a woman in Web3, which is like something that I always love to talk about with women, actually. But there's also a lot of empathy in the clique of women in Web3, which there's not amongst men. I know. And I do think that is a shame. I know I completely agree. And there should be. Like, I love how we have those boys clubs. So boys club for women is such an incredible thing. But th there are guys in it as well as allies. And I think that's just really great that we're all kind of winning together. And I do have, I have such incredible, strong male friendships in this space as well. And it's really great that I can, that they can express the, like, you know, vulnerabilities and problems. And, you know, when they get down bad, like it's, it's really great that I think we have such an incredible group, especially of people who are left now, that there is that support system still there. I mean, of course there is some 
there is still some toxic mentalities, but that is just part of, that's part of life and that's part of everything. So yeah, I think especially like, you know, I've, we've spoken briefly about this before, just finding people that, and just, yeah, having these people around that just make it a little bit easier, makes the space yeah. a little bit more bearable. When you see the event on your calendar that comes up, you're like, oh, a breath of fresh air, a little bit of a little bit of sunlight in my week. Yeah, yeah. those are important. Absolutely. Okay. Do you want to go back to who you, uh, how Winnie came to be? Before crypto, you would not see me public speaking. You would not see me doing anything remotely out of like I would say like out of my comfort zone. Like, yeah, I did some things, but like, but just not. I wasn't who I wanted to be. Like the way I grew up was I grew up in a really sheltered environment on a really small island that focused very much on finance. And that was your path. Like my, even when I wanted to study fashion, I remember my um, high school mentor or whatever was like, that's like, come on, be realistic. Be, be real. And like, that's what they said to me. And I was like, that's being like, just, that's just the baseline of what I want to achieve in life. I wanted like, I wanted to be a fashion designer. Turns out I didn't actually enjoy fashion design that much or all the industry like it was just a bit it was actually really really horrible but I had no autonomy in my younger years I was a swimmer my mum was my coach I was just forced into this routine and to be this person consistently for someone else and for just you know it was always being the goal like you know I don't say like a golden child but you had to look a certain way be a certain just be this toy mm. and I, when I moved, yeah, when I created Winnie, I was like, oh my gosh, I've, I've even been able to choose my name. I've been able to choose absolutely everything that I want to do. I can wake up every day and every choice that I make now is my own. So I said, like, okay, cool. I'm scared of public speaking. Let's get over that. I'm scared of this. Let's get over that. It was just a way to remove myself from myself and create a persona and then be able to attach that to a digital identity and then turn it into almost like a real thing because I feel like I'm very like the whole idea of the digital identity and the social media world that we live in right now. And like, uh, we can talk about, probably talk about this in a bit as well about the decentralization media. And I just thought it was so important. And then like, I had like the Winnie.eth and then that just, everything just seemed to fall into creating this personal brand, which then became a personality. So it's, people will find it really funny how I can be two different people when I'm just myself and people are calling me my, like, you know, my government name. And then Winnie is a different person. And I really enjoy that separation because it just allows me to have friendships that I do online. But then when they get deeper, these people then call me by my real name. And it's really fun as well to be with my friends like that who know when to switch. They know when to call me Winnie. And when it's, yeah, it was just a way to not be scared of being the person that I wanted to be in short. Mm, I love this. I absolutely love this. And it kind of touches base on something that I wanted to ask you because there's this like you briefly have heard that I'm a freak when it comes to like human psychology and personal development. Like that's what I, that's one of the things that I'm extremely passionate about. And there's this thing relating to the ego, which is the part of the self that you project basically onto others. And cause the mind kind of has this capability of creating different personas, pre- creating different uh, identities. And in a lot of cases, it kind of makes people miserable because they project something which is a projection it's not like their true self their their essence and Winnie what I see online is like this 
what I was saying, like this boss woman, strong, like inspiring and, and you give a lot of energy and people get excited about it, get energized with it, get inspired. But behind this, there's also like the person I've discovered who's extremely kind, extremely empathetic. I was a bit shocked when I discovered the extent of your human values because you know you create you we also create our own image of who a person is and like this didn't did not uh, necessarily uh, shine online how do you deal with that yeah I think it's almost very much like a self-preservation thing so I felt like actually I had a really horrible message from someone a couple of weeks ago by someone who was like you never let anyone too close to you which is why like, I love having friendships like I do with you where, I can, where we can have those conversations and get a bit deeper. But there is a way that I do, like, as everyone does, I have my trauma and it is a way I use like humor to kind of mask that. And I just, and I'm very open online. I'm very personal and very public with, with a lot of my life, but it's all very surface level. And it's because I don't, I, I want to keep the peace that I've created for myself, mm-hmm. mine. But yeah, this, I got to, Oh yeah, actually I won't get into that. But that was just like being called out like that. It was like, yeah, I know that I do that. And I think when I put myself out there like that, people feel like they are entitled, entitled. to mm-hmm. the other half of me that I want to keep for myself and to the people that I care about and the people in my real life. So I like, oh, just like not even real life, just outside of the surface level that is Twitter. Like I'm tweeting to 20,000 people. And, well, it's probably about seven, but it's, you know, you're tweeting to thousands of people every day. It's like, I'm not going to allow you, if I let everyone have access to, to a side of me that is preserved, then, that, then that's just when everything starts to fall apart. And you shouldn't be expected to. Mm-hmm. Like, it is, it is completely okay to be, I think as long as you're happy with the person that you're, that you're presenting with what you're showing to the world, it's all that matters. If you're showing a side of you to the world that is not actually you and that makes you miserable, then there's something there's a problem there's something to deal with but that's not the case for you and so yeah there should not be any entitlement of anyone to <laughs> get a version of you that they want <laughs> instead of the version that you want to give them fantasy in your head you can have that one but just don't project it don't project it onto me yeah <laughs> you've you've done well because what has been two and a half years of winnie yeah i would say so then, what do people get wrong when it comes to building an audience online I really wish I knew how I got <laughs> an audience. I think it was because I, I definitely, well, I haven't grown. My, my following really hasn't grown. And my audience hasn't grown in the past year. That's for sure. I think I definitely grew a lot with, with the previous bull market. And when I was at Schiller, like that was definitely a, like a definite facilitating factor for all of that. Mm. But I'm not sure of growing. I think, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I guess it is just toxic positivity. I would say my biggest ick when it comes to people trying to like engagement. Oh yeah. Toxic positivity and just copying what everyone else is doing. So I guess that just falls under the entire umbrella of being inauthentic. So I guess when it comes to myself, it's like Winnie isn't a fake persona it's still a real it's still me but it's just you know it's it's just a different font i guess mm, or just like yeah in, in or it's a part of the perspective it's the yeah. 
Yeah, it's but the part that you decide to show. But it's, yeah, it's the part that I decide to show. And like, with that, I'm still, like, I will cause, pro- I love causing problems online. That is one thing that I, <laughs> I will never stop doing. It's, but I, like, I will never be, I'm a, I'm a really, I like to consider myself an incredibly positive person. I consider myself incredibly happy. I do love my silly little life. But I will never do it in a toxic way. Like, it's all about balance. I will tweet something incredibly wonderful, happy, and motivating. But then within two hours, I will bully a board ape. Like, you know, it's all about, it's all all about balance. All about balance. (laughs) So I think it is just, yeah, the lack of authenticity that we do find in this space where people are just trying to be, trying to be a character without it Mm. being authentic to themselves. That's, that's probably spot on. So replace toxic positivity with balanced negativity or targeted negativity, maybe? Intentional negativity. <laughs> the last the last guest we had on the show was Function and he built a lot of his audience on the back of like being a dick at times I and like completely owned <laughs> What? I've only just unblocked him. Oh, he's he's great. I I like the guy a lot. He's really yeah, he's really true to himself, which I think is is necessary and it's and it's something that I personally I really cared about metrics when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I, I try to do something on Instagram. Like I, there was this time I trained as a yoga teacher, which you probably don't know about me. And so I was a yoga teacher for a couple of years. That's when I was at the peak chasing metrics yeah. and wanting to be a guru and wanting to say the things that I thought would like do well online and not being myself at all. I was completely like in that identity, but unlike you, I was not c- conscious of it at all. And it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And now I don't grow still on my Twitter, but it's fine. I'm being myself and I'm having like awesome interactions with people. And and I think that it's what uh, matters the most. Like I get to do what I love. I get to connect with people like you to work on projects or to have on, on, on the podcast. And it's eventually, I wish someone would create a social media where the validation system was based on this instead of like quantitative. Can you build that? Can you do that? And so this is one thing that I'm getting really interested in, in, and this is something that I'm building out with LDF at the moment, actually. So this kind of ties into mm. all of this is understanding is understanding social metrics and what the kind of data that we collect. It's just like, why is our success of like a social following either like, just like your follow account or how many tweets that likes you get on a tweet, because also none of that is genuine. You can bot all of that. And also like, you know, oh gosh, there's like, I'm trying to like order my thoughts right now surrounding that. Your time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no rush. It's really interesting. And I think the, like the whole idea of decentralized social media is going to play into this hugely in the next coming, in the coming months, coming years, we're seeing a massive uptick in that. And it's just like, and it's not going to be from anything financial either. I don't think it's like, how, how can we understand what it means to be successful through socials and growth without arbitrary numbers? Objective. Yeah. 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 Okay, I want to know more now. Should I tell you what I'm working on? Yeah, I'm- please. Cause I was going to get to that at some point, uh, but you might as well. Okay. So we're actually building out this, so the name is called Gossip Protocol. So I'm sure you know what a gossip protocol is, but like it's you not- probably sh- want to explain again because not everyone does, I think. It's a, it's a very specific type of protocol, which is like peer-to-peer communication that takes place between 
computers and like digital devices. So it's actually related to a type of communication where data is transmitted through different nodes. We're taking this name and this concept and we're applying it to how we are doing content and how we are doing education Mm. in, in this space. Gossip Protocol is an exercise in incubating a brand worthy of the mainstream internet but on Web3 socials. So what we want to do is we want to disprove the notion that by utilizing crypto, you forfeit distribution. And we'll prove firsthand that leveraging Web3 native tools to deliver like higher quality content that can like break out of crypto. So we're creating this content-driven media hub that makes its home on both like Web2 and like DSOs with using like a series of campaigns. So like, you know, whether we have a podcast that is an in-person video podcast where we're talking to like our favorite founders that are building out social, like, you know, building out platforms, products to target decentralized content creators and Web3 content creators and Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And also doing like on like, obviously we're calling it in the trenches where we're at, like uh, we'll be at Berlin Blockchain Week, ETH Global, doing like boots on the ground kind of, in-person like interviews and stuff and then seeing how we can do use like uh, in-person verifiable credentials and then you know use like lens protocols to see how we can do if you're in a video we can look at like how we can do royalty basis off that and just we really want to see how we can push the boundaries of decentralized social media so and content so we've actually formed like what we're calling the centralized social stack of already existing tools for like proof for governance for community mm. so all of our friends like disco jig race yeah. and lonely to understand like how these tools actually work together and how our industry work with these tools because one thing that i've really noticed is that like, a lot of people who are web3 content creators aren't actually web3 content creators they're just people who create content about web3 so and i've been like reaching out to them Absolutely. being like hey like you're you're making all these videos, you're putting them on YouTube, you're claiming to be an advisor for Web3, what's your lens? Are you on DSO? You know, have you used, like, you know, have you thought about storing your content using Arweave? Like, what's your views on LivePit? Like, none of them know what any of these tools are. So, and I just think the hypocrisy that we have in this space right now to be like, oh, I'm a Web3 content creator. I'm like, no, you're not. You're not. Like, mm. you're, 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 you're laughing. You're a... Um- Wave surfer. Yeah. You're lying. Like, how do you, <laughs> and that's why I think a lot of content creators are struggling to grow because it's not real. So what me and what LDF and I are, are doing, you know, it's we're, we want to be the users. We want to show people and create a blueprint and be like, this is how you can use decentralized social and put it into your stack and actually move this industry forward. Because like people say, oh, the industry, we're not going to have mainstream adoption until xyz and like no we're not gonna have mainstream adoption until we have industry inner industry adoption how are we expecting people to be using the tools that we are making if we're not using them ourselves and if we don't even know about them mm. so if we can create a platform where founders can come on and speak about the products that they're building and we can actively use them integrate them into our stack and show our audience this is how you do this then that's going to be we no, we just i just don't understand why we're not doing this why are we not excited whenever a new product comes out about, you know, even if it's not like it doesn't we don't agree with it or it's not like the way that we want we want the blockchain to be used. Who cares? It's permissionless. Let people do it. Let's experiment. It's the bear market. Let's have so much fun with what we can do with smart contracts, with platforms. 
let's do it now before people can see it and yell at us. You know, like I love Frentech. Yeah. I think Frentech is amazing for trying to do something that, yeah, it's been done with like BitCloud or whatever before, but they've done it differently. And also they've experimented. They've, they've tried. Like that is just what I get so excited about is people who are, even though we are so sad and so down right now, People are still out here trying and it's the people who aren't doing anything. The people who are just like sitting around tweeting, sending Ben.eth ETH, are the ones yelling that this isn't the way to do things. I'm like, okay, then you do it. What are you doing? Like, it's, ah, I could go on forever. <laughs> Be the woman in the arena. I agree. But you know where, where the problem is? Mm -hmm. The problem is that with every single bull market, the main message to people from within to the people without is come in, you're going to make a shit ton of money and then they do. And then they lose everything and then everyone leaves. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I think in a bear market, you get two people, you get the bitter people who hold on as long as they can. And you get the builders who are not vocal, who are like down in the trenches doing their thing. That's why there's no response to, there's no response to, innovation yeah oh a hundred percent the fact that the mo for a lot of people in this space is just money like i fell in love with this space for just yeah i fell in love as a young 20 year old who wanted to change the fashion industry and now that i've grown within it i just see so many different applications and that's what excites me you get to wake up every day and try and solve a new problem and it's like i've always said like focus on the mo and the bags will come Like, why, if you're going to, if you lead mm -hmm. with trying to make money, you're going to be so miserable. If that's your Especially only, if you're not a professional. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm not a trader. God, like, if I'm mm -hmm. sat, like, I haven't, I don't think I've traded NFTs in months because, or even, even like, just shit. I didn't even do shit, shit coin trading this season because I'm terrible at it. I don't have enough of a degen brain to, like, understand how that kind of stuff works. So I'm... I don't want to waste my money doing that when I'm like, cool, I can now invest this on in, into something else and think of and invest it in something that's got like a long-term plan, which is myself instead of trying to make like the quick mm. bags. You know what I mean? And I just Absolutely. think everyone's trying to just make this quick buck. And like, once they make it, yeah, they're going to fuck off. And I never really plan on doing that mostly because I don't have any expand like I don't have transferable skills at this point I think I'm just so <laughs> deep in this industry that it's like I can only work here now I'm here I'm stuck you know <laughs> I disagree but I won't express that disagreement because we need you here so don't go anywhere <laughs> uh, can, can you can you just explain what gossip protocol does for a simple user like me like what is it going to change what am i what am i going to get using your dap protocol so it's 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 just the kind of the, the term is kind of like just like the overarching entity as such wait i have my little i'm just going through my little notes because um You're cheating. I'm, i am cheating i should have said i should have said no notes <laughs> permissionless <laughs> <laughs> true so yeah i guess it's just like on the surface level it's you know it's just about understanding how you will interact with content across like web 2 and web 3 but the main thing that we really want to see is adoption and understanding of protocols and products so seeing like you as an audience and your journey 
into like you know if you get to discover something and now start using something new like that's enhanced your experience within this industry so one thing that we're really excited to uh, to implement is verifiable credentials so you know working with disco to implement proofs so these are off chain this is off chain data so but it gives you like a little badge a little gold star if you will for you know if you watch a podcast on chain that means you can then get a little proof to say, cool, I watched this, I learned about this. I've, and that just shows your like involvement with with the brand. And mm. it's, again, another way to kind of get those metrics of like, so followers don't mean much. It's like, okay, who's interacting? Who's actually interacting with the content? Who's So kind of just seeing to see that, like seeing that. And then also, yeah, just seeing how people interact with with these protocols and with these companies and also being... Also bringing the one thing that's really important to me is this, the side of humanity. Podcasts are great. Podcasts are so fun, but like, it's always this way. We're always speaking to a screen. Like I'd love for us to sit over a coffee and have this conversation. Please. That's exactly what we want to do. We want to be with the, like these founders who are also like, you know, our friends. And I want to sit in a room with them with, you can't see the mics. We're having dinner. We're having a glass of wine and we're having a conversation person to person. And it also allows you to have that, human interaction where you can see people's body languages together and actually just be able to bring a bit of humanity to and also that I think that just allows us to trust these companies more trust these protocols if you can see someone like me or like like us too and then we were just sat and it's filming us and we're having this conversation and I just think that just gives that extra layer to making this content so much more consumable and especially to people outside of the crypto space as well so it's like oh shit these are actually all real human beings mm. and not scammers and this is how we want to this is how we want to kind of yeah move it forward so yeah and you're right it's not about it's not just about the content it's about mm. like what each person is building and there's i'm still okay the conflict is a little bit over but i i had this conflict between anonymity or not anonymity because I love the concept of anonymity building anonymously because ego is a big thing. Ego is what gets people like Ben who fuck up lives of hundreds or thousands of people and, and only out of pure one being completely demented and the other one having a huge ego. And in my own experience of building anonymously for a year, it removed some of that. It was like, yeah, I'm just doing what needs to be done. I'm not doing it for the image I want to project. I don't want it to do it f- to be seen. And it kind of pushed me to be better and to do better. But then again, I like myself and I like talking to people and people like talking to me. And it's so important as a founder to show that, mm-hmm. to show your face. And to be visible, to have the what you're saying, like body language is everything. I used to shoot these with the mask on. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, thank God, Snapchat removed their web browser. And I was using hologram for a bit, but then it it kind of um, start, started to not work anymore. And then I did my first episode without it. And it was life-changing, because the person sees like the little like micro smiles and the face moving and the and and the conversation is different the relationship is different and and it brings up a whole la- a whole new layer of of uh, human connection so i i celebrate what you're doing and i can't wait to be on your show i can't wait to have you <laughs> <laughs>
One thing that I find, like, this is something that's fascinated me for since being in the space, because I started off as, obviously I'm like pseudo, pseudo anonymous, but I started off like not doxxed. And one thing that I found really fascinating was when we founded Shilla, there were six co-founders. And obviously we were all online, all online names or whatever. We never had a single video call for the first four, four, five months that we worked together. We only did voice calls and we managed to build quite a successful company. It's still, I would say quite, it's still going phenomenally. The boys are doing a fantastic job. We built an entire company having never seen each other's faces or knowing each other's real names. It was... No, that's, that's awesome. The first public speaking that I ever did was at an NFT London event, not NFT NYC London, like the one put on by like the NFT, by the, like the London just crowd of people because we couldn't go to NFT NYC in New York that year because of the COVID travel restrictions. So within like two weeks, they put on a conference. It was amazing. And I think the talk that we did was about building trust in a trustless system. So how can we as a team who work as a team anonymously, then work with companies who then trust us still anonymously to then translate their message and do growth to our communities, either anonymous, anonymously or pseudo-anonymous. Like it was just mm. fascinating to see how you could build a, like, a structure like of trust. Yeah. Why did you guys weigh so heavily on anonymity? I think it just comes with the territory, I guess. Mm. I'm not sure. It was never really like, we just never questioned it. It was like, yeah, this just is so, this just <sighs> makes sense. This is how we're doing it. Yeah. I mean, I, it, oh. took a lot of toll, like, it took a massive toll on me, I guess, because I was the only one who was very publicly doxxed. So that just meant I was doing all the IRL outreach. I can't complain. I got to travel so much during 2021, just... It was for work, obviously, but yeah, I just got to meet such incredible people. So it worked out great for me, but like, and now the, now the boys get to do it as well. But yeah, it, it was an interesting time. Yeah. Are they docs as well now? They're docs. No, I don't think any of them are still. Like, I mean, they go to conferences and they, their faces, they will speak to people with like no photos kind of thing online. Yeah. Which is amazing that they managed to maintain that because most people have insane two years. Yeah, most people have given have given up at this point, or just you know, you've got. I feel like sometimes when you reach a point, you've got to. But it depends on what your what your goal is, I guess. For me, I really love like public speaking and being very personable. So I guess that just came with my territory. But I can understand with some other people that it's that's just not their mo. I look forward to having exactly what you were talking about at a wider scale of having that track record of what you've been doing on chain to build your online identity because it's it's an investment in time it's a social investment yeah. and i think it's the only the the number of transactions that you've done is not enough yeah for me like you know the dgen score types of apps it, it's it's not enough but if we add a social layer to this then we can actually it will amount to like months of people's lives years of people's lives and they will be a lot less incentivized to having nefarious behavior because there will be a track record but we don't have that yet yeah. and so it, it's still a little bit hard to trust people only because there's blockchain it's not like just a match it's not a magical uh, technology it needs to be connected to human life basically exactly yeah yeah what are we what is this tech without its actual uses okay i want to try something today 
Um, we're going to do rapid fire questions. Rapid oh, fire questions. Okay. Off the top of your head, you don't have to think. If you could only buy one NFT and hold it for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh my God. Um, a ghost. Uh, X copy? Uh, no, um, GHX. G. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think X copy come up because it's a similar art, right? Kind of, yeah. Kind of like they like the. The, the grifters. The yeah. Kind of similar. Oh, yeah. Do you know? Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll send it to you. I ruined the rapid fire. <laughs> Uh, if you could only hold one crypto for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ethereum. I, I knew the answer. <laughs> Who are your top three favorite people you vibe with the most at the moment in this space? Oh, gosh. So Evan McMullen, the founder of Disco, she is quite possibly one of the most inspiring and incredible women that I've ever met in my entire life. I'm so grateful to have her as, as a mentor, as just such a huge part of my life. LDF, who is the one that I'm building out this Build, building this out with at the moment yeah just to be able to have someone that you can have so much fun with and just you know nothing is stupid everyone's like we can it's the whole we can do anything and just being able to vibe like that is is, is really great um and then number three oh my gosh you can leave it at two yeah i'd say those are my top two that sounds good what's something about you people on like don't know i'm a bit of an old woman i guess that's one thing that people like i do obviously love like my nights out and stuff but like my favorite thing to do is to just go to the cinema by myself. Mm. That is like, you know, um, I love to go listen to like just music by myself. I love classical music. I love going to the opera. I love doing that by myself. I'm very much like, I love doing things alone. I love being social mm. and I love, I love hosting. I love being around my friends, but as soon as I want to do something like, especially if I like traveling that I have to do that by myself. Exploring the world is something that I, I like just and arts and creative things is things that I really love to do alone. I love people who understand the value of being alone. Mm -hmm. It's so important. It's so important. What's something about you people think they know that's not true? That I'm a stupid little blonde. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I do love the like, and I do play into it, the little stupid little blonde girl persona, like, cause that, that's for the engagement itself. <laughs> it's, it's fun. It's, I, I like, I, I, enjoy, I kind of enjoy that. If people think I'm stupid, people can think I'm stupid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Barbie girl. Yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> it's a good one because it's, it breaks down defenses. And then yeah. you can. <laughs> Do you think you're the person who owns the most ledgers on the planet? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. There's <laughs> five here, <laughs> and that's not even all of them. <laughs> Can you, it's really hard when your best friend works there. It's like <laughs> grazing. <a handful. laughs> it's just like. <laughs> They're so just like come in every color as well. It's just like you know, got like this is one of my some of them are really pretty. This one's gorgeous, like mm. the blue and the sea green. I don't know where my where is the other. Do you one? have this? What is it called? The stacks? Not yet. That's not out yet. Mm. Oh, it's not. Oh, I yeah. Kind of assumed it was. I really want it. I really want it. I sh I think I'm getting it, but mm. yeah, it's just coming. Yeah, because you need it. I need, need it. it. You need you need to spread those funds very, very. My, my four very euros even. that I have left. 
it's for when gossip protocol takes off. Yeah, yeah. You'll you'll be you'll have the yeah you have the safes ready. Oh man, that turned out very well. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things that you've done super well that people can learn from is how to um, like take the first steps into building a, a career because you're now like you're in a good position and you have a good network and you have opportunities that naturally come your way but you see a lot of people and especially when you're a founder you like instantly have people coming at you for like hey can i have money can i have a job can i have something who don't know the first thing about like getting started and getting the foot in the door. Can you recall the steps you took in the beginning that made it possible to move for to move forward on that path? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I think I'm going to say that I'm really lucky in the fact that I never had a traditional career. I worked in finance once for eight months, almost, you know, key management serviced myself because it was just so depressing. But Uh, but then I went to, I did my masters and then during COVID is I started doing front end dev. I was a front end dev for a while doing, um, I was like uh, for iOS and for web apps. So I was a freelancer and I was doing those for like blockchain products and for like traditional products as well. I never had a corporate career. So I feel like I was never, I don't want to say brainwashed because I don't know if that's, but like I was never pigeonholed into this is how, you get jobs, this is how you work. Mm. So like, it was the way that we started Schiller as well. One of the co-founders put a tweet out being like, hey, who wants to start this company? Six, five of us replied and we all just got added to a Discord and that was how we started. And then how I got my uh, job when I was working at the gallery in Prague, I just, my mate was like, do you want to do this? I was like, yeah. Just any opportunity that even if I didn't feel qualified to do it, I just said yes to. And me and LDF and I were having this conversation yesterday actually where We wanted to do the things that we want, that we're doing now is stuff that we've wanted to do for years, but felt like we couldn't do it because we didn't know enough. We weren't qualified. We didn't have enough uh, just knowledge to be able to execute what we wanted mm -hmm. to do because we felt like everyone knew so much more than us. People don't know shit. People don't know apps. That's fact. People don't know shit. So just if you if you're actively learning about it, you know more than most people in the space. Like that is just the one thing that I've really has helped me get over my imposter syndrome. Is like all it takes is just a little bit of research, and I know even just like a little bit about it. So I think the best way to get started is to just do it and learn along the way. If someone tweets about an experience, like tweets about like an opportunity that you think, cool, I don't know if I'm like super qualified to do this. I know a bit about it, but I know. It's not about what you know. It's about knowing how to find out the information. 100%. All so the time. All the time. I, if I don't know something, I know how to find it out. And I think that's like one of the best superpowers to have. There's an overwhelming number of people focused on action, on just doing things. And the, the definition of madness is to repeat things, expecting the, the outcome to change. And it's like you keep doing, you keep begging for something. You keep asking, not showing anything or you try to grow an audience, or you try to make something work. And if you don't learn along the way to level up a little bit, it, I think that's my, that's what, what, what did you call it earlier? My ick, my... Ick, yeah. Ick, I like it, <laughs> a new word, new word for me today. And and for you, the internship thing, going in and saying, what, what was the internship for again? Uh, I was doing wholesale and merchandising for a fashion house. Like my entire life, I'd wanted to work in the fashion industry. And yeah, it changed because I was fed new. There is nothing wrong with changing your opinion on new information. That is mm. the one thing that I've also really learned. It's like, That's it's good. 
yeah, it's okay to, you have to adapt. If you're going to go through life really stubborn towards this is what I want my job to be, this is what I want to do in life. Like I used to be like, I'm never going to be a content creator. Jesus Christ, that's so cringe. I'm never going to do that. I've just started a new company on content creation. Like, mm. and I'm really excited about it. And I think it's going to be really quite fun. So yeah, it's just, you know, adapt and overcome. That's really good. There wasn't an internship for uh, for one of the Web3 experiences you had? Oh, so I was, yeah, at the, the it was like a really short internship that I did for the researcher when I went to London Fashion Week. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Well, yeah. Because yeah. I was just, I was just going to say that instead of going and asking for a job, going and getting your foot in the door, proving that you're worth something, proving mm-hmm. that you're able to learn, proving that you're able to work um, can also, yeah, be good. Oh, 100%. So those were positive things. Do you remember mistakes that you made in the in the earlier days that you learned from? Yeah, I think it is ego and thinking like this is, you know, thinking that like, oh, this is too stupid to work. This is too stupid. I'm not going to get involved in this. I'm going to ignore this. I ignored a lot of things that I shouldn't have ignored, that I should not have ignored because I thought it was stupid. And I think that's one thing that I'm really learning this time is like just say yes to things and like accept that things are going to happen except that things are not that you're not going to agree with a lot like with everything but just try it out see you know don't be so quick yeah I was too quick to just to too quick to dismiss a lot of things in the early days and now I'm a lot more open-minded that's awesome be Mm open-minded and for this industry specifically Because there is going to come a time in the next few weeks, in the next few months. I don't know when it's going to start. You're going to have liquidity coming back in, opportunities, all of that. And you're going to have a flow of people looking to grab those opportunities. What what would your advice be to someone who's, who's just getting in and who wants to make a career in Web3? Don't be annoying. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, uh, no, like, like, yeah, it's true though. It's true. I was super annoying in the beginning and I regret being really annoying, but like I'm annoying in my own way, but I also kind of own being annoying, but like that's, that's just on brand. But no, um, I guess it's just like, don't annoy me. (laughs) (laughs) Don't annoy Winnie and you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, easy enough. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> I guess advice <laughs> is just is to learn and to just actually don't be surface level. If you're if you're genuinely interested in doing in being part of this space, if you just want to make money, just make money and own that. Like you know, but if you are genuinely interested in growing a career in this space, absorb everything. Go. To, actually, the best advice is I know this is going to sound what's the word I'm looking for coming. This is going to come from a place of privilege saying this, but if there is a conference or a meetup in your city, go to it. Go and actually meet people IRL. And even if you live in just, yeah, you don't even have to go to the the big conferences. If there is a community that's in your village or in your town, in your city, be a part of that. And that will just give you that leg up that you really, really need that you don't really get online. Because you just never know that who you're going to meet there. Like you can be a reply guy to someone who has 100,000 followers or whatever. And like you keep replying to them and they're just like, yeah, you're being annoying. But like, oh, you're not. You're being a reply guy. But mm. I guess this is coming from a very... We love reply guys. We do love reply guys. My current, my favorite reply guy has currently been suspended. So I'm really sad that he's, he's not here anymore. My friend Jake. Uh, It's, we, we miss him a lot. Well, But, we, um, we think of you. We do. We think of you and, we, and we pray for you, Jake. If you go to these meetups, uh, you 
bring down those degrees of separation so much more. And it just allows you to get closer to these people and just, again, in a human, in a more human and more genuine way. It is genuinely all about the network and the network has to start from somewhere and making few genuine connections matters a whole lot more than having a ton of nothing connections. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about marketing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because it's honestly probably right now the most important subject in Web3, even more than devs, it seems. You come from fashion and you're also a dev. You're definitely like very obviously more interested in the tech than 99% of the people, but you've worked a lot in marketing. Uh, What are the biggest lessons that you've learned uh, about marketing Web3 projects? How quickly the space changes. And like, I say that, like people are like, oh yeah, that's so obvious. No. Oh my God. I remember when we were at, when I was at Schiller and we were doing growth and marketing for projects back, back in 21, uh, early 22, it was so fast paced and so much easier. And people cared about, I don't want to say easier. People cared about the projects. People cared about the teams. It was just so, it was just so much more fun to market back then. And then when I was doing marketing and biz dev for FigureGot over the last year. It was like, marketing is just alpha calls. That is what it means to market a project nowadays. It is, it's not real. It's all completely manipulated. You can't, like, if you want, there is, there is no marketing right now. I'm going to like literally say it that way. There is, the only way to do it is manipulation. Yeah. And it's really, really sad. And I think also that that's very much on the NFT side. And I'm kind of I, like, I love NFTs. I love everything that I've done with them, but it's very much having to be something that I'm phasing away from because it's something that I've really noticed that people that don't care about anything else, but NFTs and flipping NFTs and making money. And it was really, I loved working at Figure I loved being around Jess and just the art that she created and the experience that she made. Mm-hmm. But it was like, so I came into this space wanting to be a solidity dev. My last job was writing tweets. It was just like, what did NFTs do to my brain and to my life and to the career that I wanted to have? And I'm still getting it now. Like, you know, I left a couple of months ago and I didn't do an announcement for it because I don't feel like everything needs to be announced. But people being like, I get, I still get shitty DMs, shitty tweet replies being like, why have you left? Why have you left? Why have you left? I'm like, I'm allowed to leave. I'm allowed to go off and do something else. I'm allowed to grow. I'm allowed to have my career. Like I also, they can't, there is no money to pay me. I have to have, I have to work. And it's just like all these understandings of people that don't know how, yeah, like, oh, sorry. Yeah. That would really went off on a tangent, but. You're allowed to. Yeah. I, and I, and it's, and it's, it is the most understandable tangent. It's like, I love the company. I love what they're doing and I will always support them, but like, I have to do it for myself. I have to, I really fell out of love with NFTs in the space because mm-hmm of all the underlying things that are going on with it. So I'm going back to my love of the blockchain, of tech, of building things with purpose instead of just like we were building, FigureGot was built with a purpose and it still is being built with a purpose. But it's when you have the people who are just DMing you being like about floor price and like that's not the point of everything we're doing. It's not about fucking floor prices. I'm going to scream. <sighs> Yes, please, like, please scream for all of us who can't. Like, can you just stop sitting on your fucking ass and yelling at me over Twitter because of something that, like, you could, like that no one can control right now? And it's like, I just want to do what I love, and I have permission to. I give myself permission to do that. No one else has has to. 
And that's why I'm so excited to be able to, to go back to that. And it's just like, yeah, and now I get to help protocols and platforms and products do marketing, actually marketing instead of just, you know, and that brings me back to like creating something with purpose and using Web3, like what we're doing with uh, Gossip Protocol, we're never dropping a token. We're never dropping an NFT. We're never going to make a paid gated thing because why have we created this system that is about taking consumer money, taking community money, and the that then is, when you do that, the only MO of anything that you ever do is making them money again. And that just takes away the joy, the love, the importance of what we're building. So yeah, that's when, that's why marketing in this space is stupid and doesn't exist because you, when you do marketing, you have to understand what the goal is of your audience. And if the goal of your audience is, yeah, like, do we see how fucked up this is? It doesn't make any sense. So yeah. Um, this is so so much truth. I I can't handle it right now. <laughs> I'm just gonna scream. Mm-hmm. Um, ah! I'm an emotional woman. <laughs> it's insane. It's it is so it is so true, and it's it's back with the entitlements, all of the entitlement, and none of none of the accountability. Which yeah. my personal draw to Web three was not. It was not the techie side as in like, how do we build this and learning solidity or all this? It was what it permitted, which is decentralization, which is networks that belong to the people who participate in those networks. That is only possible with blockchain. And for this, you need two things. You need ownership of the people need to own those networks and you need accountability because you when you own a house, you're accountable for it. You need to pay your bills and you need to uh, make sure that it stays up and, and all of this. And out of these two core components, ownership has turned into entitlement. I invested 50 bucks. I'm an owner now. And none of the accountability. Why price not go up? Why price go down? Why floor price not go up? Like it's, it's, it's so fucking crazy because you, you get access to people that you've never had before because if you're a user of airbnb even if you're an investor in airbnb you're not in a chat with franceschi like it just doesn't happen you're not yeah and and it would be a privilege to be in the chat with him Mm -hmm. and you would take your time you would think about like what what questions am i going to ask but you're in the chat with founders and you harass them i get and you're entitled I get death threats. What the hell? What the fuck? It's, it blows my mind that people think that this is the solution to like, and I think it just shows how, it's, oh, I don't even have the words to describe it sometimes. It is, it's the entitlement, the audacity. And yeah, someone tweeted to me yesterday, tweeted at me yesterday when I was, tweeting about, you know, LDF and I were making content and they were like, the audacity that you have to, to leave. And I'm like, the audacity that you have right now to be, to be tweeting this at me. Like, who are you from an anonymous account? Like, you know, you have access to my face. Give me access to yours. Let's go cheek to, let's go cheek for cheek. Yeah. I would be happy to. But yeah, it's, it's an insane uh, meta that we've built here that we think we just deserve. Like, I think, we yeah, this goes back again to what we were saying at the beginning. People think that they deserve access to to these people. But also I'm like, we look at the NFT demographic. 
middle-aged men. That's not very alpha male of you to not be able to make your own money. You know what I mean? To just be yelling at a bunch of, a lot, of, and then you look at like NFT founders. A lot of them are people in their 20s. It's just like, hmm, I think you're projecting just a little bit there, darling. You know, it's just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> How do we grow beyond that? Is the um, $1 billion dollar question. We believe We what? <laughs> we, we believe, believe. <laughs> Bring back cycle billion. <laughs> we have the power now. <laughs> we hold their we hold their financial bulls in our hands. <laughs> yes. Uh, we use some really malicious soulbound tokens. <laughs> I, I wonder if you know like when you were talking about Bitcoin even a few years ago, less so now it was like, ah, oh, but it's clunky and it and it consumes a lot of gas. And you take a step back and you're a little bit smart. You tell them like, yes, because it's like eight years old. Do you Have you ever seen tech that's mature after eight years? Like go and see, go and drive a car eight years after cars were invented and tell me how much it consumes and tell me how uh, clunky it is. Do you think it's the same thing with decentralization and decentralized communities that eventually they learn Or what do we need to change? I, think I have a few answers, but yeah, I guess it goes back to what you were saying about accountability. I think is one there is absolutely no reparation when it comes to like there. If someone does something bad or says something bad or is mean in this space, no one gives a fuck. No one actually gives a fuck. So as soon as there is, but there also will never be any sort of accountability. I guess because oh, I hope not. We never see like actual like social scores and that kind of thing be implemented, but. I guess it is, I guess I think also as a species, we are actually evolving a lot more to be more empathetic. I mean, there is still obviously going to be the, you know, the extreme malicious sides of things. And like, we do have a great sense of community and I hope that really does stay. But in the next bull run, I think there's going to be a lot of malice again. So I think it is just holding, holding accountability. And I just don't know how we can enforce that. And we can't, people are just going to keep being assholes. <laughs> I had this idea for a dApp that was basically using blockchain and using whatever pieces of identity we have of people. And the problem with how dApps are built right now is that it only functions on objective data because objective data is the only thing we trust. But my thesis is that if you add up enough subjective data, it kind of becomes objective. And so if you have a thousand people saying something, there is some truth to that. Like it's the wisdom of the crowd. And if you have a thousand people, 500 saying something and 500 saying something, there's probably truth to both. And so it helps you like paint a picture of reality that's close enough to reality. And I... I think there's an app there where we let people, it would need to be token gated. Like there needs to be some cost to participate. Otherwise, otherwise you just end up with a bunch of nonsense, but where you, I don't know, it could be called let's not forget or something, but you basically, when something happens, you leave it there when it's relating to a person. Because in three years, everyone will have forgotten what Ben did in 2023. Yeah, well, we say it was like Beanie, like, and... I guess I, I, I guess probably 888 is going to come back. You know, people, oh, who are no. much, people who are very much know the class 2020 and 2021, we know that. We remember that. People joining yeah. the space now, or like even next year or the next bull run, they're not going to have any idea that any of this stuff happened. Because first of all, none of our data or like any of our social interactions are on chain. Just delete the account, start again. Or, you know, mm. it's... 
there's always gonna gonna be that it's it's just gonna keep happening unfortunately because nothing yeah we need to do something we do. We need we need to make uh, something like this happen. I have more questions about marketing, but marketing is dead, so we're not going to talk about that. But no, yeah, I, I we've gone through like all the all the very interesting points I wanted I wanted to to talk about. What's to keep in mind when it comes to you right now? What should people expect? Uh, where should they reach you? I, I, I Twitter DMs. I don't really respond. I do respond to them, but they always get filtered out, so it's very difficult. So. I will say email. I'm very like old school. Email is probably old best. Woman. Yeah, I am an old woman. I or be it. a reply guy. Be a re- reply guy. Earn yeah. your keeps, and yeah. and at some point you'll get noticed and you'll get your you'll get your shot. Don't misconstrue <laughs> this chat or whatever it is on like in on in on Etherscan. That's always an easy one. There we go. Let's be let's be blockchain. Let's be diehards. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I should just say like yeah. Just in my DMs. I'm I'm chronically online. Everything, even like everything is either Winnie, ETH or Winnie.eth. So Telegram, Instagram, Twitter, I'm everywhere. But make sure it is me because there's been some scammers going around as me again on Instagram, which is just so annoying. Like they just, it's, I find it so bizarre because they like rip my entire Instagram feed and re-upload it and then start DMing my friends being like, hey, how are your crypto trades going? And all of my friends just now have to like troll them back because it's like, when he doesn't, wouldn't do this. But yeah, it's just yeah, the fucking fake Instagram accounts are the bane of my life right now. I'm just like, oh, there's a new, there's a fake account of you. I'm like, I know, I fucking know. <laughs> and they'll always be here. They'll always be here. Like they're my number one fans. You know, it's <laughs> they are. They know your worth, and they're yeah. trying to, they're trying to get some of that light. <laughs> exactly. My friends like, oh, you've made it. And I'm like, no, I'm just, they're just grifters. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. And now to the people who've made it this far. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, if you are, follow us wherever you're listening. Winnie is the real deal. It's always easy to fake things online because like what we were saying, you can show what you want. But I've interacted with her for the past few months and those interactions have been very authentic and very truthful and never any lie or fake. And And you should follow her and you should support what she does because it matters and she's going places that one it a lot. Uh, We're just a bit of um not nfa but i love to lie on the internet a lot of my tweets will be lies so just take that with a pinch of salt it's for satirical purposes it's just women love to lie <laughs> don't say that that's not true not all women that's a lie right here is anything true <laughs> what is real what is fake what is real yeah but no i appreciate it thank you so much and as always you've just been it's always a joy to speak to you and to be able to do this with you. It's just been, it's been a great experience. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for, yeah, thank you for being here. Experience.